Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what is up, everyone? Another week of Tossing Clubs. Today, though, we don't have Aaron. He's off on some beach, going on vacation, you know, enjoying life while Zach and I are here. She's uh, just talking about golf, man. Still talking about golf. I feel, I don't know about you, but ever since we played Chambers Bay a few weeks back, I've kind of just been on a golf vacation myself. Like, haven't been paying attention. I haven't played a full round since Chambers. I think I played a nine hole into the range a couple times, but I think it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I still love golf, obviously, but I'm kind of like, eh, there's other stuff going on. Let me take a little bit of a break uh, before our next golf trip, which is coming up next month. I was just thinking the same thing, actually. I was walking my dog, and I thought, wow, I haven't been to the range in probably a couple of weeks. I've been getting more and more into running now, so that's taking my time, and definitely I'm sore the next day because of that. I don't know. Do you feel that golf is sort of dying down a little bit? Uh, I mean, I don't think like holistically it's dying down. <laughs> That'd be sweet, though. You know, we're a very much shrink the game podcast here, but um, kidding. I think it just, yeah, grow the game, of course. But, you know, I don't know. Like, actually, I think there's a lot of people still playing because it's kind of end of summer in mm. a lot of states um, heading into fall. And, like, you only really have, you know, a month and a half more or so in, in places that have real seasons. So I think people are getting their last swings in before the the winter, which is going to suck. But, yeah, I guess for us on the West Coast where the weather is still decent, you're kind of, I don't know, I was kind of burnt out taking a little rest and i'll get back into it i'm actually playing sunday for the first time in a while so excited to get back out there nice nice yeah i was thinking maybe i i was actually burnt out from golf which i thought was actually impossible but it's just every day i get i'm just so tired now i mean dude yeah (laughs) if you're running all the time i hear you're preparing for like some half marathon or something so that's got to take up your time i've been playing a lot of tennis really strangely yeah i've got some friends who are playing tennis up here and they've been you know inspired by the u.s open and all the big tournaments that are going on and so they've been asking me to come join so i've played more tennis in the last couple weeks than i have golf which is quite the change are you exclusively a country club sport guy (laughs) oh 100 frank (laughs) i like the exclusivity i don't like being around people (laughs) Uh, I want there to be a high barrier to entry for most sports that I play. No, <laughs> I still play volleyball every Wednesday. So uh, it is weird sure, though. Sure. I, was, I had the same thought. Like, am I on the wrong side of 30 now? And, and I'm just naturally falling into these old people sports. Like, am I going to start playing a uh, pickleball? What's that game with the, the balls that you play in the yard and you, oh, roll, no, you, like, uh, you roll the balls on the ground? I want to say into the... cro- it's not croquette. Because that's a food. <laughs> yeah. It's similar, though. It's like like that. That's not, that type of sport. I don't know. Not even a sport. It's a game. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I'm just looking forward to our tournament, to be honest. I think I'll probably get in the back, get, in, get back into the swing of things. Uh, 
right before it just so you know i don't make a fool of myself but yeah hey excited to uh really host that for the third year we are really making it big this year aren't we 48 people quite a lot for just i don't know three dudes who do this uh, you know in their basement every week yeah it's quite the jump it's like we d- we're doubling the size of the tournament this year. There's been a lot of interest. Like we have not done a bunch of promotion and we are already have a ton of people interested, signed up, joining, excited to play. They have their teams already. I think it's going to be a big, uh, yeah, big fun tournament at a real course this year. Creek South out in Alameda. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we play before? Is that? Oh, I honestly yeah. don't even remember. We played, um, Monarch, Monarch the, the first the year. First, yeah. Trash. And then, uh, gosh, you, this high nose Zach <laughs> is insane, dude. Um, and then we also played uh, Crystal Springs. Crystal Springs, yes, down in uh, like south, south San of Francisco or south yeah. of SF. Yeah. yeah, nice course, not bad. But this year, a bit of a step up in terms of in terms of quality of the golf course, at least. Um, I was thinking about it. Like we really shouldn't have another tossing clubs member win this year. I'm rooting for you, but like, it's going to be weird if one of us takes home the the championship again, I think with so many people in the tournament and so many people trying to beat us, hopefully we'll have someone else take the, take the prize this year, which is a little bit nicer. People are getting range finders if they win, which is going to be sweet. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it, but I need to start practicing. I haven't played. So, (laughs) Oh my gosh! If I win, yeah, I think no one would sign up next year because they would know it's rigged. <laughs> uh, okay, but with that though, uh, should we get into our topic for this week? And I think this is a great topic, Zach. You want to explain to everyone what we're doing? Yes, we are diving into the world of Reddit on this episode, specifically the R slash Golf Channel. I'll admit I am not a huge Redditor. I used to be. Actually, it ebbs and flows for me. I feel like in the past I was big on like R slash fantasy football, R slash like uh, this like stock trading stuff that got so oh, wild no. back in the um, the days of like the high of like crypto and uh, like the Robin Hood like debacle or whatever or uh, no GameStop GameStop um, craziness R slash golf I'm on here and there. Uh, I think you're probably on there a bit more than I am, but there's some pretty interesting posts. And so we're going to dive into some of the top ones over the last year, talk about them, read some of the comments, see what people are, are speaking about on uh, Reddit. Yeah. Uh, so let's kick it off with, and this is hard because we're doing a podcast and Reddit, there's sometimes images and videos. So we'll try our best to explain the posts. Uh, so bear with us, but I'm sorting by top and by this year and their first post by far with 54,000 upvotes net is this photo of Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods uh the light is hitting them from the background so you just see their silhouettes you don't get to really see their faces you just see their shapes and this was posted about 10 months ago and man I'm a little bit surprised that this is the number one post Uh, I think I talked to you before it's like yeah, I mean, it's a photo of Tiger and Charlie. Like, was this during uh, a special time? Was this when he was coming back from surgery or something? Well, I mean, first off, I think Tiger Woods' content in general just crushes it. Uh, the title of this post is, Got up early to bring my son to his tea time. 
this guy did too. This guy, meaning Tiger Woods, bringing his son to a tournament. So I'm assuming this was a junior golf tournament, and the picture is taken super early in the morning. So I'm assuming this Redditor, the original poster, the OP, was like, yeah, let me take my son out, get to this tournament super early. We're going to get our reps in. We're going to get hit the putting green early. We're going to be the first ones at the tournament because I want my son to win this tournament. And he shows up at like 6 in the morning. It's still dark out. There's just like these lights from the like big lights from the building or the parking lot or something shining over the putting green and there's already two people on the putting green bright and early and that's tiger woods and his son charlie and he's just like what the hell man like i get here i'm trying to be there early i'm trying to show up and of course tiger woods is already there and it just kind of like shows who this guy is why he's such a you know a winner in life and now he's you know playing a different role here as like father and coach to his son but just like a pretty incredible photo. You know, you got like the hazy mist of the morning, the silhouettes as you described. Just like a cool, cool photo and just tells you a lot about who Tiger is as a person. For sure. And it, this is before sunrise. So I'm assuming this might be five, six a.m., maybe 5 a.m. Who knows? Uh, but it's, it looks pretty dark out there. And Zach, I want to ask, when was the earliest you ever woke up and gone practicing for a tea time when you were, you know, playing with back when you were younger? Man, we never had early tea times except for, so like high school golf, which is my com- competitive golf, you'd always play after school, right? So you play afternoon matches. But then like the once in a while, I would have a big 18 hole tournament that'd take place and you get the day off from school and those would start at like eight or nine in the morning. And those are honestly the only times I'd say it's like less than 10, the amount of times that I've woken up early to like go to a tournament and play. I'm just not a morning golfer, as you know, it's just not my vibe. Like I know everyone loves it and it's cool out in the morning, but waking up early, just not a morning person. So it's difficult. Don't you sleep at 10 PM? Nah, bro. I sleep at like 11. (laughs) Oh my I need like goodness. nine and a half hours. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's move on to the next post. Uh, this was posted six months ago. Uh, and it's this video actually, 25 second clip of Rory McIlroy just bombing driver, 375 yards uh, and sticks it to basically within a, a few feet. Uh, Zach, I don't know if you could tell from this video, but do you remember when this happened, how the internet was crazy? Because I remember like seeing this all over social media when this happened. I don't remember the exact tournament, but I've definitely seen this clip before. I mean, yeah, Rory basically flying the screen on, like, on the fly, which is unbelievable. Yeah. D- uh, is, it was the Dell match play at Con- Austin Country Club. Uh, I think this, yeah, 18th hole, and... I think this was such a big deal because it was around the time when they were talking about rolling back the ball and 375 yards flying the green. Some people were saying, oh my God, this is why we don't need to roll back the ball. And at the same time, other people were saying, this is exactly why we need to roll back the ball. Uh, regardless, it was such an exciting clip. And, you know, it's it's one of those shots that you just dream of. Yeah, top comment on here, holy hell. Second comment on here, <laughs> my, Rory, my new driver sucks. I want my old one back. Also, Rory drives a green. Uh, I mean, just 
I don't know. Like, are, the, are these guys playing the same equipment we are? Or, um, uh, I mean, I think Rory during this time was not happy with the self two as well, which is why he's saying my new driver sucks. I want my old one back. And he was, if he was playing the self, he was playing the same club as you, Zach. So, hey, no excuses. <laughs> one of my favorite comments in here is pretty standard drive for us here in r slash golf <laughs> good for him <laughs> good for rory which kind of just goes to show the amount of uh just like uh arrogance that shows up on social media and how everyone's you know everyone's a scratch golfer on uh yeah apparently if you don't Reddit. drive it 280 you're scrubbed dude which is uh obviously not true if you go to any literally even country club golf courses you'll see people hitting it 200 150 with the slice sometimes like it's it's crazy the people and their arrogance on reddit do you do you like watching this type of golf here where the guys are just driving the green uh like is this exciting for you or do you want them to play the par four as it's designed and be back you know hit the ball 300 that's a a great question i man hit a wedge in i prefer seeing more mid and long irons in because I feel like it's more relatable. But at the same time, if everyone's in a blue moon, you have this one guy that just bombs it onto the green. Obviously, that's super exciting too. That's why it was the most or the second most popular post on r slash golf. Yeah. The Walker Cup just took place like a week or two ago. And Gordon Sargent, he's the number one ranked amateur on the U.S. team. He won all his matches out at St. Andrews in Scotland. And the guy was driving like multiple greens during the round. And there's like a lot of par fours that are in that like 350 to 400 range. And the guy's just putting it up next to the green with all his shots. And like all these kids nowadays that are coming out of college and growing up and doing speed training, like that's becoming the norm. And I guess it's cool to an extent, but at the same time, if the technology actually continues to get way way better that 375 yard drive turns into like a 415 yard drive and that maybe that's you know 10 years out but i just feel like at some point you have to stop it yeah yeah so you're pro rollback i mean i think they need to reel it in sometime soon whether it's the ball or the equipment or something at some point the idea that it can just keep getting further and further and further but then the golf courses never change and I know some yeah. some places are trying to change, but that's yeah, obviously expensive. Yeah, I just don't know how it's gonna realistically work. And like for us, yeah, it shouldn't matter. Like we can hit the same stuff. Like I need some more distance, but at the pro level, like I think you need to keep it in check a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's like that for every other par four where they just drive the green and then they chip it or pitch it onto the green then yeah that does seem pretty boring that's that's not fun because every hole is being played the same way there's no variety uh so you know i think this is why rory is so exciting because he can still do things where most people cannot but if everyone can do what rory does then it's like, I guess the next guy's yeah. Bryson. <laughs> well, we'll see how it how it how it shapes out here. Um, let me let me highlight a post for you. I want to scroll down a little bit here. Aaron Rye, professional golfer, uses iron covers. 
Iron cover is definitely a, a hot topic in the golf world. Uh, and he describes why he uses iron covers in this post. He says, I grew up in a very much working class family and golf has always been a very expensive game. Started from the age of four and my dad used to pay for the equipment, pay for the memberships, pay for entry fees. And it wasn't money that we really had to be honest, but that he'd always buy me the best clubs. So when he was seven or eight, his dad bought him these brand new Titleists. They were like 800 to a thousand pounds back then. And essentially he says, you know, he cherished these clubs. He took very good care of them. He'd clean them after every round. And then he'd put iron covers on to keep them, you know, clean and in good shape. And he says, I'm never going back. The the iron covers are here to stay. I'm sorry. What do you think? Dude, I love it. I think the hate on iron covers is just a bit that people who are in the golf community think it's funny. But there's a reason why a lot of people use them, which is to protect these really expensive pieces of golf equipment, which are only getting exponentially more and more expensive nowadays. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I feel it's really easy easy to get them dinged up. If you, if you put them on the back of your car, you just hear them clank, 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 obviously. Not to mention if you are out uh, traveling uh, in the back of your car or, you know, God forbid, on an airplane. Uh, like, who knows what might happen to your golf clubs, right? So, uh, you know, having iron covers, man, you do you. It's like, who cares? I am curious where the iron cover slander originated because it makes sense. Like you put covers on your driver, on your three wood, on your hybrids. I guess those clubs are a little bit more delicate, a little bit more prone to breaking, but I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I just don't like the look. It just looks a little, uh, sloppy or maybe not so i don't know just like the nice clean shiny irons i like seeing them and then you throw these like kind of bulky spongy black covers on them i could see it but i've, I've never actually been a fan but never for any good reasons yeah <laughs> I, can't, I can't back up my argument it's something that people just don't like but who, who why why if you think about it rationally uh, i'm trying to find the answer right now and the only reasonable reason is Oh, I've no. Someone posted. I have no problem with them iron covers if you use them as you do without adding time to a round. Uh, and so I guess some people might think, oh, if you have iron covers, this extra second of taking off a cover and putting that back on, it's gonna slow the pace. Um, so maybe not. Rational. That's like insane, insane reason. It can't be <laughs> pace of play. I feel like that's all, the go-to on anything. It's just pace of play. Because, like, everything, everyone wants you to be fast at anything. Yeah. I feel like it just, like, built up a bit of a bad stigma, maybe because of the people that were using them. I feel like, I don't know, whenever you see someone using iron covers on the course, you kind of know who that, like, there's a type of person. Like, what is, what's the style of person that comes to your head when you think of someone who's using iron covers on the course? Like, it's probably some, like, Slightly older, slightly nerdish, like nerdy. Probably not a. It's it's. I guess it's the guy who, it's the same guy who gets the tour bag. Okay. Yeah. When they're yep. not on tour. Okay, I see. Like, it. You know that guy. It's like what is? There's no reason for having this tour bag, but you just spend all this money on it just to uh, kind of have it. And I feel like the, the you know the the people who who have the tour bags also have the. The iron covers. Yeah, I, I'm just looking for more reasons. And this sort of goes, I don't know if it contradicts or it goes with what you just said, 
But there's this guy who said, and I think it's sort of interesting um, what he said. A lot of people take their visual cues on what's cool from pro golfers. The look of blades look better than game improvement clubs, even though for most people, might as well just use game improvement because they're better for you. Uh, the pro style head shapes, white balls, they're more popular than yellow, red, or green balls, which are more visually uh, you know, bright and can fall and track more because you don't have spires, right? Um, and so he says he, he just doesn't ever remember seeing pros with iron covers, except for Aaron Rye. Uh, and probably unconsciously, many of us have taken this as a guidance on the right thing to do. So I think that's an interesting point because, dude, if Tiger Woods, if Rory just comes out with t- iron covers, I feel like people would hop on the train too. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like all marketing. It's, I mean, that's kind of across industries you see that. It's like if the pros are doing this or that, you want a piece of greatness, right? And how do you get there? Like you wear the same shirt as the pros. You wear the Sunday mock turtleneck in red because you want to feel like Tiger Woods. You know, you buy a Rolex because, uh, I don't know, Phil Mickelson's rocking a Rolex out on the course. I mean. (laughs) Dude, dude, let me tell you. So uh, I was invited out to um, play around. This was a few years ago. It was at Stone Bray. And uh, this round was full. Like, we were all high school buddies. Uh, one guy, software engineer. Other guy works at a bank. And then there's me, and then there's the other guy. Um, the guy who works at a bank, investment banker, he shows up with a Rolex. He's, like, 28. He goes out. He, oh, my God. I, he's, I swear to God, he shot 130 that day. But he had a Rolex on. So I just <laughs> thought, ah. Uh, that's cool. You do you. But man, that's a very expensive piece of equipment that has a lot of, uh, I don't know, had a lot of opportunities to break because you swung it 130 times. <laughs> you know? I feel like if you're, I'd imagine, I don't own a Rolex, but you know, these things are 10,000 plus more dollars for a watch. Hopefully they're decently sturdy. Like I know a lot of these things you can take watches like underwater when you go diving. Uh, you can, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to scratch them up a little bit. Cause you got that, like, you know, it's all gold, all gold or steel or quartz or whatever it is. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's quite a flex wearing the Rolex quite. out on the course. I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been playing tennis as we talked about and I was watching Breakpoint on Netflix, which is essentially the full swing for tennis and Rafa Nadal in like half his matches, he's just wearing these like fifty thousand plus dollar watches while he's playing in the match. Wow. And like, sure, he's he's sponsored by these companies, right? So Rolex is just handing him these expensive watches. But hey, I mean, the guy's just rocking it out there. So maybe they're, uh, I don't know, athletic attire now, just to flex <laughs> on your opponents. <laughs> Jeez, I know. My goodness, man. I think there are some golfers that wear watches on the course. Not many, but some. really, wow. Yeah. I guess, yeah, if you're sponsored, you're probably getting paid to do it. I can see it, yeah. Yeah. Um, my gosh, though, dude. I just think, though, back to the point about people copying what the pros do. You think that's why people have stand bags? You you mean the, like, the tour bags? Like the... Yeah, the, the tour bags. Because I'm not going to lie, it's like a lot of Asian dads <laughs> that have them that... <laughs> And, I don't understand uh, the purpose of dude. those golf bags. They make zero sense, especially for people. Like, what are you carrying in your bag that you need a bag that is <laughs> that large? 
like maybe you want your name on it or something but if you're walking you're obviously not taking the this like tour stand bag thing if you throw it on a cart it like barely fits like it just like looks cool i guess maybe i don't know if you could even like put on a push cart man it's all <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i think like all the people on tour they don't like the bags the caddies probably hate it it's super heavy it's not necessary for the amount of things that the the pros are carrying around and yet the the big club manufacturer companies kind of force them to you know use it because they want to get their brand out there they want to showcase the logos so and they make kind of cool new bags for every big tournament right for like the masters or the u.s open british open they've got like a themed bag so that's a cool cool little thing but yeah i don't i don't understand yeah, it huge advertisement huge billboard uh, <laughs> okay let's go on to the next post uh let's see uh i'm going down here uh, there's a sign that says, you are 150 yards from center of green. You are 175 yards from a $500 glass window. Choose your club carefully. And as someone, Zach, who is afraid of houses, if you pull up and you see that sign, what are you feeling? Bro, this this post right here spoke to me because that is a, uh, <laughs> this is, I mean, <laughs> I'm hitting like the club that's going to go 100 and 40 yard or 160 so i'm not even getting close to that house and if i'm i'm you know landing it a few yards short i'm I'm taking it and i'm chipping on and i'm putting and i'm walking away because man i don't the idea of hitting the house and breaking a window and the owner of the house walking outside and just screaming at you that's just i mean that's terrifying is it not oh i don't know how why there's so many houses on golf courses in general for sure i don't think i've oh no i've hit a house actually i've hit a house in front of you probably there's that uh i forgot what hole maybe it's like seven or something or eight the downhill dog lake left part four i remember the first time i played there i just blocked one out to the, which course uh berkeley country club oh okay you know it, there's one yeah. that's downhill and goes to the left Dude, I remember blocking it, and it's like, dude, that's over. Uh, not going to see that ball nor the house, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's going to hit someone's house. I just feel like, why would you ever buy a house next to a golf course? Like, why? You just know it's going to be a ton of pain and trouble and headaches. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're a golfer, I kind of understand it. Like, maybe you're living in the neighborhood, and then you can hop on the country club and play all the time. But as a... Like, if I'm a non-golfer, I don't know why I'd ever buy a golf course, sorry, buy a house on a golf course, because a view of a fairway is not that attractive to me. Like, if I have enough money to buy a house on a golf course, Mm. why don't I buy a house with a view of the ocean or, like, in the forest or something with, like, real nature? I don't know why I would want... (laughs) So, yeah. So what do you think about people who have their weddings on golf courses? Zach? What are you trying I, to that say? was actually a no for me when we were doing our wedding planning. I didn't because partly because I've been playing on golf courses while weddings have happened and I've just been putting in the background or hitting tee shots in the background. Remember when we played in New York with uh, uh, Andrew? Andrew from uh, Fair Game and we were at that that one golf course on long Island and there was a wedding going on and we're just hitting our first tee shots like 50 yards behind the wedding. I just felt so awkward. And so 
no hate to anyone who's had a, a wedding at a, a golf course. Like there are parts that are nice to it. And like the infrastructure helps because there's probably like a restaurant and everything. So it makes sense. But I don't I don't need the first tee in the background of all my photos. <laughs> yeah. And when we play at Passage Era, we were told, hey, the night before there was this guy who bought out the golf course for, for his wedding. So obviously it's a very popular type of venue. But yeah, I... I'm surprised that this isn't one of the top posts, but I've seen videos where, you know, there's a there's a four that goes right next to the reception and then the golfers they don't care. Like they don't care about your wedding. <laughs> They're just gonna hit your next their next shot right next to your wedding. And it's just yeah, it's not, I don't think the value proposition is in there for you know, for me either. Yeah. I'll uh pass on that one. But to get back to this Reddit post, I mean Let's elim- let's eliminate houses from golf courses. All the best ones don't really have them. That's my stance. All the best ones don't have them. Wow, that would be great. All right, well, I got I got another post for you here. Saw Obama at Tory Pines yesterday. Wow, this post is from wow. like a year ago. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, two questions for you. One, who's the better golfer, Obama or Trump? Dude, I don't want to be tagged as this ultra blue guy, okay? We did the drafting of the states, and you had a call that I drafted only blue states. <laughs> Obama, I'm sure he's a great golfer. Trump, on paper, he's a better golfer because I've heard he's won club tournaments and such, um, which I think is totally possible. Maybe Obama's more of a basketball guy. You know, we know he loves to play basketball, and maybe he's not much of a golf guy, so... Uh, I'll just say on paper, it looks like Trump is the better golfer. Trump definitely tells you that he's the better golfer. And like, I've definitely seen a, quite a few clips of him. It's such a, I mean, he has a horrible swing, but he like gets it done. He'll take it back like 50% of the way and then kind of just keep it on, on plane and, and hit the ball. And I guess he's like decent, but I don't know why he, I don't, I'm assuming he's winning these tournaments and they're net tournaments. <laughs> And like his handicap's got to be inflated or something, because there's no way Trump is going out there, and there's no way he's shooting like five under par. Like he's maybe he's a single digit for sure, and he's probably a better golfer than Obama, but because he plays so often. Dog, but I just I I just don't see better than you. He uh, supposedly has a handicap of two point five according to SP Nation. I mean, I don't know what to believe out there, man. According to Golf Digest, his handicap is as low as 2.8. And this is, uh, yeah, Golf Digest. So I mean, he does play quite a bit, so maybe maybe he is. That is that's pretty good. It's a pretty strong handicap there. <laughs> that's pretty good. And Obama is reportedly a 13 handicap, so better than okay. me. But, uh, I mean, who could say, man, that 2.8, it might just be a little bit of a vanity handicap. Maybe he doesn't you know, put all of his bad rounds oh, in yeah. there. Who knows? One of the top comments on this Obama post is immediately zoomed in on his gear. <laughs> and Obama is rocking a tailor-made M1 driver. Okay, kind of an old school tailor-made driver. And Titleist T300 irons. Wow, how can they even So the 300s, that? those are... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go to say those are performance improvement irons, but they're definitely not the... Uh, they're not blades. They're not the T100s. They help you get the ball in the air a little bit. So interesting choices there by uh, 
Mr. Obama. It's, dude, it's, president. It's wild to me. Uh, also, by the way, his golf cart is 44. Uh, you know, pretty <laughs> sweet. But it's crazy to me to think you just roll up one day for your, around at Torrey Pines, this public golf course. Obviously, very good, popular golf course, but still public nonetheless. And then you see a former president there. It That's just, that's awesome. Have you seen any famous people on the golf course before? Dang, let me... Honestly, the probably most popular guy I saw was with you, and he was playing two groups behind us, and that was Jay Cut, right? <laughs> That's probably the most popular guy I saw. Uh, other than that, I can't really think of any, man. Uh, how about you? I have played on a golf course at the same time as someone pretty famous. Uh, down in Monterey, Clint Eastwood owns a golf course called Tehama, which is like a private club uh in the middle of monterey and our golf team in high school got to play there a couple times one time we were teeing off hole one and then the marshal comes up and runs by he's like hey guys i need you to wait uh mr eastwood needs to tee off (laughs) (laughs) i'm like 16 and the four of us were just like you know jack off high school players messing around on the golf course We, we step aside and mr eastwood pulls up in his cart he's just like hello guys like thanks for letting me play through (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i I mean i knew who he was i wasn't like a big clint eastwood fan in high school i was like okay some some actor dude guy like basically owns all of carmel and monterey uh tees off hits a bomb down the middle maybe 200 yards right down the middle stripes it tips his hat and then kind of just walks off hops in the cart he's playing with a couple guys and, and goes on wow and uh honestly i mean didn't think much of it but pretty cool clint eastwood owns a golf course gets to play whenever he wants bypasses a bunch of high school kids which makes sense but yeah pretty cool dude has made some nice movies (laughs) as a director (laughs) and an actor so uh that's my claim to fame on the golf course. you know how people hate teeing off in front of other people strangers that they don't know right especially if you're like oh let me play in front of you well if you don't know, I mean, it's like a pretty popular uh, post on Reddit. It's like, it's it's sweaty hands if you're asking to play through and, you know, you're seeing strangers watching you. But when he teed off then, he's pro- he was probably around 75 years old then, right? Yeah, I mean, that was about 15-ish years ago. I don't know. I don't okay. know how old he is. 78. Okay. He's 93 wow. now. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely uh, still swinging at 73. So, and he, I don't know if he plays now, but just goes to show golf's a game you can play for the rest of your life, which is pretty sick. That's awesome. And like a 200 yard uh, drive as a 70 year old, not not too shabby. Definitely right down the middle, man. Uh, sheesh. Yeah. So, I, I mean, anything else? Any other good posts we see here on Reddit? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Some of these posts make me laugh, like tree falling at masters. And I don't know why it's funny because maybe like the video ends with (laughs) sort of just like this, uh, transition into race Creek, you know, as if like, Oh, this tree just fell, but let me give you this like peaceful clip of the river. Uh, so that was a pretty remarkable moment. I almost forgot about that. Wow, I'm just rewatching this video, like 13 second video. Everybody's just running. Yeah, how did no one get hit? It's pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, and then it's cleared up literally 30 minutes after. It's pretty sweet. 
Uh, one. Yeah, no injuries. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through all of these, man. Um, <laughs> what type of clown show are they running in Augusta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the internet's so funny, man. I love it. Patrick Reed it. just announced he's suing Augusta. The tree didn't fall on him, unfortunately, but he heard it from a distance, and the sound really bothered him. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. That was a fun topic idea. Um, you know, as someone who does watch, you know, browse Reddit a lot, I do remember seeing a lot of these posts when they popped up, but looking back on them, it's uh, a little bit more funny now. Yeah, what do you think about this Oregon golf trip we're doing next month? Oh, Yes. Could you tell everyone about this golf trip? Because I, I still mix up Spyglass with Spanish Bay, so I obviously don't know golf courses and their names very well. So could you tell everyone where we're going? Yeah. So, so a backstory on this. I've, I feel like after we played Chambers, part of the reason I took some time off was because I was so frustrated with how I played. Are you serious, dude? What the yeah, heck? because I, because I, <laughs> I worked wow. really. I played a lot of golf leading up to that round, and I've been playing really well. And then I get to this moment. I have high expectations, right? And like the whole part of this like mental practice that I'm working on is, you you get you're trying to eliminate these expectations and just live in the moment and focus on what you're doing. And you know the moment was just a bit too big on some of those shots. Uh, a common phrase on this podcast and. Like, I mean, my round wasn't horrible, but it wasn't where I've played chambers four times and I've been trying to break 80 each time. And I've come within like one or two shots every time. And that was another near miss. So I was disappointed. And I was like, why does this bother me so much? was like my whole thought for like two weeks after. Oh my God. And I was thinking about it and it's like, I think right now, like the one goal I have in golf is bring my handicap down to a like a three or four because that will then allow me to play in like local tournaments and everything and it's like a good goal to have but it's all based on the results and the score of every golf round so basically whenever i don't have a good round i'm super pissed off and this has bled into you as a human and as a golfer and it's like (laughs) uh and i'm like okay i need a new goal because like (laughs) Not that I'm like totally giving this up, but I'm an incredibly competitive person and like I'm not having fun on the golf course because I'm so competitive and I need to make a score. And so I was like, okay, what is something else I can chase in the golf world? And then I was like, well, shoot, you know, top 100 golf course. Oh my God. Oh, this is why we're going. And I'm like, I need, I need something to drive me to continue to do what I'm doing and to keep playing golf. And like, yes, I'm going to try to bring my handicap down, but like, what's a relatively achievable, I mean, I don't know how achievable it is, but it's like a lofty, but like doable goal for the rest of my life. (laughs) Let's play. I mean, we already do it on this podcast. We pick out top 100 golf courses every year. Let's go play, you know, more top 100 golf courses and explore the world, explore the States, check out some new ones. And I was like, hey, I haven't played any this year that I haven't already oh, played. Okay, yeah. Ch- Chambers was new for you guys, but I-, I hadn't played a new one this year. And we didn't make it out to Minnesota for for uh, travel reasons. So I was like, you know what? Season's over in about a month and a half. I need to play some top 100 golf courses. What's close by? Oregon. What's affordable? Not Bend. Or sorry, not Bandon. Yeah. So we're going to head over to Bend, which actually has 
two uh top 100 golf courses public golf courses pronghorn and tethero tethero something mm-hmm. like that and they're both relatively affordable both under 200 bucks open tea times in october because it's kind of like border on iffy weather uh, oh i didn't so know that okay be, yeah it's like basically these golf courses shut down at the end of october oh, shit like they they close and so that's part of the reason it's a bit cheaper so it's probably going to be like you know 60s and foggy not like sunny but actually that's what i prefer i love that type of golf so i'm pretty pretty pumped um obviously a very easy trip from seattle not too bad from the bay area uh, into bend oregon we're gonna knock off a couple of those in a weekend they look really cool it looked re- really tough actually uh tethero tethero i'm just butchering <laughs> this name right now same designer as uh gamble sands okay i like that in washington but here's here's where you're not gonna like this as much there was a period in the, this designer david mckay i think is his name uh something like that david lynn mckay ah, man i gotta look that up but anyway big time golf designer he had a period you think of like artists and their different periods he had a period where he was creating just brutal diabolical golf courses and he was basically ag- basically angry at the world and taking it out in his design tethero one of those golf courses and then people were having a backlash to it. They're like, these golf courses are way too hard. And so he flipped and he made Gamble Sands. <laughs> Gamble Sands, obviously, yeah, yeah. we've talked about yeah, quite yeah. a bit, is a, an easier golf course. Uh, very fun to play, very accessible, and just like makes you have a good time because everything funnels to the middle. The greens are all like, you know, kind of like shaped like a, like a bucket and everything uh, rolls into the right into the pin. So it's going to be du- a tough golf out in bend uh it looks incredible like out in the woods very green which is definitely your style but i think there's a lot of uh difficult hazards decent amount of water narrow shots we might be playing from red so we'll see what see how we do (laughs) dude i wish that you didn't tell me this because i thought it was oh it's gonna be more gamble sands more uh chambers bay vibes and i'm just googling these golf course images on t-throw for the first time and there's this hole where the the green is surrounded by sand on three sides and it's like it falls off on each of those three sides too so it's basically green or bus um and it looks like you know how desert golf is oh if you're off the fairway it's really hard to you know, get back in and you sort of like the look of the draw. This seems like it's even worse because not only are the side of the holes, I don't know, filled with grass and sand and whatnot, but there's like also bushes. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of lost balls potentially. Yeah, I'm probably bringing 25 golf balls for these two rounds or something because it looks tough. But (laughs) also I'm going to try to go in with a completely new attitude. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah i want to talk about that dude i i I'm did not just, know it was get, that bad i mean i'm exaggerating a little bit for the podcast it wasn't two weeks of drowning in my sorrows but you know no hey dude your wife talked about it though we had dinner <laughs> with uh my wife the other day and one of her friends we got, grabbed dinner and she said man yeah i don't know does frank like get mad 
after a golf round, like for a prolonged period of time, <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, oh, I didn't know. Yo, type like type two fun, baby. <laughs> uh, type two fun. The designer, his name is David McLay Kid. Uh, to correct myself from earlier, but I think my plan, and we're going with our buddy Grant, who I played golf with a few weeks ago. Great time on the golf course. Gives zero shits. Just attacks every pin, bombs the ball. Not that amazing at golf, but like the best time on the golf course. Uh, and he's just going to be fooling around the whole time. So I think that'll bring the energy up quite a bit. I think we'll have a lot more fun out there. And I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to keep, I'm trying to, my goal is to have at least one drink every three holes. Oh, whoa. <laughs> this is very different, man. So this six is beer, a nice six, course too. Six. Yeah, that's even better. Six beers around. Is that too much? Maybe. That's a lot. But okay, maybe hey, we'll do sick, a, dude. maybe we'll do a beer every six holes. Oh, do you think this is why most adults, like the older people they see, like through social media, they, it's like they just go out golf and drink. It's because they know they can't score. Like, what's the point of playing golf? What? <laughs> I like, think for a lot of people, you know, is that fun? You know, they've given up the nightlife. Like, you're not going out to clubs and bars and everything in your, into your 30s and 40s. You have a family. But what is that one time a week where you can feel like you can just get hammered with no repercussions? That's out on the golf course. Or maybe that's at home watching football on Sunday. I don't know. But... Uh, I think this is like the modern day vacation for the middle-aged man. (laughs) So it's become a bit of a drinking thing, but not that I need alcohol to relax on the course, but I'm trying to go for a different type of vibe. Wow. These two rounds. So scores out the window. I'm probably going to go super low now that I don't care. So uh, (laughs) it should be fun. That's true. Remember you say your round's over, you turn it up. So who knows? Oh my gosh, I didn't know, but that was that's awesome. I'm a lot to look out for uh, for this Oregon trip. So, man, I I was like, oh, this is like really quick, like really quickly planned, and so I'm just glad that we are <laughs> going to see this new side of you, Zach. I just, you know, we're running out of time to play good golf. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, well. Everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back again next week. Until then, see you later. And hopefully you have more type A fun. Type 1 fun, sorry.